Hello, and welcome to Hannah's and Ruth's. <laughs> I'm your host, Brittany Richards, and I'm here with my co-host, Casey Burkholder. Hannah's and Ruth's was a forum <laughs> where we talked about a book that we read about 20 years ago in the late 90s. I guess that's bad math. Well, 20-ish years ago by John Irving called The Widow for One Year and how these two female characters, Hannah and Ruth, influenced our friendship and the way we viewed the world. We read a bunch about of a third of the book and then then we decided that nah, we were not we were gonna quit and we were just gonna talk about whatever the hell we want yeah and last time we were saying like let's watch a movie but honestly like who can do that in a week who can watch an entire film and then also schedule an additional podcast night it's not gonna happen do you know what this podcast is really about it's not really about john irving it's not really even about Hannah's and Ruth. It's about Hannah's and Ruth's in so much as it is a way for us to tell stories that we love to tell about our childhood. <laughs> and that's true. Like it's like that's what it's about. Yes. I think the book gave us an opportunity to link to specific stories. But oh, I yeah, I <laughs> know. And it was almost like a perfect excuse to get it off the ground because think about it. If you had approached me and said, hey, do you want to start a podcast where we tell stories from our childhood? I mean, that actually does sound kind of great, but I think we would have <laughs> been like, no, well, why would we do that? Like, who would listen? What would we even talk about? Mm -hmm. But, but, um, uh, under the guise of it being like a book discussion, <laughs> I think is kind of like, it seems really smart. Well, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to discuss this piece of literature, and uh, ultimately the dialogue is just deteriorate. <laughs> yeah, so I like that now. It's just like we get to talk to each other once a week. I think that happens with podcasts. I think they they um, go beyond their original conceit. I think a lot of times that's when they get boring too, as a listener. But as you know, we don't have that many listeners. So I think, uh, I think we shall carry on. Excellent. Well, I feel a little nervous um, given that we don't have the crotch of the, the text of the book to lean on. Um, I feel lost at sea. Hmm. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm reading a new book. Hmm. Really good called Detransition Baby. I highly recommend it by Tori Peters. <laughs> nice. Thick. Yeah, it's really good. It, you know what it is? It's the, uh, it's just a way better version. No, it's not a way better. It's just like, it's a, it's a compelling and quick read. I'm deeply into it. It's well, very is, smart and funny. What's it about? It's about a trans woman and her former partner who used to be a trans woman and detransitions and gets involved with a cis woman who becomes pregnant by the detransitioned former partner of the trans woman. And the detransitioned partner suggests that they raise the baby together. And so it's like, it goes back in the past, back in the previous relationship. 
there's multiple narrators. It's great. I see. Yes. I see. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. That's good. Um, what's new to you? <laughs> well, I can talk about the body I saw last week. Oh, God. Is that too dark? No. So here we are talking about a sieve. And <laughs> that's the very next day. I am walking down the street of Toronto. I've taken my dog to the vet, actually. And I see some street art. <laughs> it's like a poster rolled onto a construction site. And it happens to be Doug Ford with a sieve and skeleton hands. And one of the little skinny skeleton fingers is giving the finger. And also there's like a large diamond encrusted dollar sign necklace. It's uh, really making a statement about <laughs> the state of affairs here in Toronto. But anyway, obviously, as we know, the sieve is the symbol of the Grim Reaper. And so it was only a few hours later that I saw um, a body on a, is it a gurney or a stretcher? What's, Aren't which one's which? I don't know. I always was saying stretcher. And then all of a sudden I'm like, maybe it was a gurney. I don't know. Anyway, something like that. Um, and I mean, I think it was like, I, I assume this was sort of like an expected peaceful death at home based on like what I saw um, in front of the house and these two men in suits who I assume were for like a funeral home came and picked up the body. But what was disturbing to me <laughs> was that the body was going, well, it was covered in a, like a Merlot colored crushed velvet blanket and then belted onto the gurney. But then it was, it was put into the back of a Dodge Grand Caravan and there was another body in there already. So it was like rideshare. Like it, it was, it just didn't feel right. It, it, it really creeps me out. And I stayed with me. Huh. I was deeply disturbed. I guess I just don't really think about bodies being transported. I assume it's one at a time, but not if it's busy. Like, That's don't you saying like horrifying refrigeration truck images in New York at the beginning of the pandemic. Yes, 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 like, yes. Not when there's like there's a the, mass death. Yes, yeah. yeah, and the mass graves. And, yeah, yeah, that's true. I just, I really was not expecting that second body to already be in there. Or like, if I'm the first body to get picked up, like how long does my body sit in the van unattended while the, the guys are in the house collecting the other body? And it's, I'm dead. So like, it doesn't matter what happens to my body. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But I don't know. It was weird. I think anytime we're confronted with death, especially if you don't work in like a field where there's a lot of death, like I don't, uh -huh. um, it's uncomfortable. Oh, I, I uncomfortable. never forget the bodies I've seen. It's awful. It's yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unforgettable. It's unforgettable. I haven't seen a dead body in a long time, and I hope I don't for a long time. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> it's awful. Well, I turned a year older last week, speaking of death. <laughs> <laughs> Another year closer. I went to this 
Um, I went to this temple in Hong Kong before I, I moved away. So before we went to Hong Kong together and this fortune teller read my palm and they were like, yeah, you're probably gonna have cancer. You're gonna have three children, um, but you're gonna live till you're 85. And also for you, money will really be easy come, easy go. And I've just lived my life, like I'm not gonna have three kids, but I've just lived my life as like, yeah, you know, money, easy come, easy go. And <laughs> like, yeah, I'll live till I'm 85. You put a lot of stock into that one psychic reading. It just seems like, yeah, I believe that for myself. Like I could. I think it's a good, it seems good like motto. a good number. Yeah, not get so attached to it. Oh, to money. Oh, and oh, 85. I see yeah. what you're saying. 85, just like, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. 85. I can live with that. I mean, when I'm 84, I'll be like, no, I don't think so. Not now. Well, 85 is younger than it used to be now. You know? Depends on the person and the health. Do you remember that's how very true. I used to like, she would say that she would get, she would put clean pajamas on every night in case she died. Who said that? My grandma. Like when she lived in that old folks home. <laughs> and then do you remember how she died because she just decided she didn't want to move away from Calgary? She was like, no, I, I'm not going to leave. I would prefer to die. And then she did. Yeah, my grandma died in a similar way like just I've had enough I'm gonna die that's so wild the mind is so powerful it's very powerful it's very powerful well that's a nice light topic yeah whatever um I think I said that last week <laughs> that's like the new it's like we're just figuring shit out Plus talking to each other. I just love the schedule of talking to you. Like Same. It's really, it's a, a nice, it's a bright spot in an otherwise dull week. Yeah. It's a strange time. I know, but I'm also a bit anxious about an end of my current, like I'm very... There are things about the pandemic that I have really enjoyed. Like I love working from home. I do not want to go back to work full time, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. I agree with you. I, I think there, there's a lot, of, a lot of good that has come out of this for a lot of people. And um, I've been having like, returning to society anxiety mm -hmm. like at the prospect of of maybe like having to have company in our house <laughs> that all of a sudden made me feel very like nervous about like I don't want to be with people for four days straight I need to start small and have like an evening here an evening there I can't and you know, the other thing is we're, we're not really equipped to, to host company right now because we've converted our guest room into an office now. And the other office is in the only common area in our house, which is the kitchen and living room. It's one room. So if we are both working, what does the company do? We're, there's not a safe space for them to sit. <laughs> but also just like, don't 
that's nice. Like, oh, I can't host you. You'll have to get a hotel. Right. So I did, I had to give that feedback to um, someone and they took it very well. Um, but Jeff and I kind of had to discuss it and say like, wow, we're not equipped for company right now. Yeah, good. Like, yeah. Yes, sir, but it, it really made me feel nervous. I, I was surprised by my like, my fear of like, oh God, like I'm very comfortable in this hermit situation. Mm-hmm. Now I've become very comfortable in my little shell in here at home. Yeah, I like it too. And I'm not saying I don't want to go back out into the world. I I do, but I'm more nervous about it than I imagined I would be. Hmm. Yeah. As we've talked about before, I just, I don't want to small talk with people. I love the mask. I can just like barely smile with my eyes and that's it. And that's the appropriate greeting. Love it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep the mask forever. I do love the mask. I want the mask to stay in winter and cold season. Awesome. That's another, I've had a reoccurring dream twice now of being somewhere where nobody's wearing a mask except for me. And I'm like, why aren't these people wearing masks? Mm-hmm. Two times I've had that dream. Yeah. Weird. I had a travel dream where I was late for a connection between planes and then also <laughs> didn't have a mask. <laughs> like none of that is possible in my real I think I was just like anxious about a deadline right I'm sick of deadlines there's always deadlines yeah there are a lot of those a lot of those oh. a mosquito just tried to get me but I got it it's so hot I love the heat I desperately love the heat but what I love more is when my house is not the hottest place in the world. Yeah. Well, do you have the, uh, as my dad would call it, the poor man's air conditioning? Okay. Where you, yeah, but you put like, I guess it actually, well, never mind. It wouldn't work there. It works in Alberta because at night it cools down. It doesn't work if the air outside doesn't get cooler. So never mind. But for anybody living somewhere, for any of our five listeners who might live somewhere where the air is cooler outside, if you put a fan facing out the window on the opposite side of the house that you sleep on and keep the doors open, it creates a cross breeze. It sucks the hot air out of the house, forcing it outside, forcing new air to come in the open window where you're sleeping. Oh, I live in a very old house and you can't open the windows on the second floor. Ooh. Hey man, it's cool. It's cool. It's only hot for like what, like three months. I I hear you, but I I do struggle to sleep. I'm I'm a very picky sleeper. I can't sleep if I'm too cold, and I definitely can't sleep if I'm too hot. Mm-hmm. Too hot is more of a concern now. Like it's in Toronto, it's very hot. I think that sleeping is my superpower. Like I can pretty much always sleep and I fall asleep really quick. And you've always been like that. Yeah, it's a gift. Even if I'm uncomfortable in a place, like <laughs> a sketchy hostel, for example, haven't been in one of those in a while, but even like a group room, I can still sleep. Mm-hmm. 
I remember falling asleep at some of my ex-husband's gigs, like at the table or something, just because I was like so tired and like wanted to go home. <laughs> but I couldn't because I had to help put the drums in the car after, you know. <laughs> God and his friends to do that. <laughs> nah, I was probably there by choice, but I definitely know I slept at a bar table in a loud bar. <laughs> like I, I too am a good sleeper. Well, especially if I've had a few pops, you know, <laughs> a couple of pops. Thinking about that time um, that we were at the Canmore Hotel. That's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of the Canho. That's the bar I was picturing when I was telling this story. And your ex-husband was furious as the audience of like out of the five people that weren't related to the band and he kept shouting at them but not in like a fun banter way like a legitimately angry way and that was hilarious like he was I remember no I specifically remember because they were like a Nintendo rock cover band that's right some angry patron was like play a real song and he said uh, his response was something like if you mean song in the traditional sense as in a piece of music with lyrics i salute you if you don't then fuck off (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty charmless i loved it that was another sketchy sleep, though. I had to sleep in the oh, because that creepy room. Yeah, it was yeah, really we creepy. we were watching this um, TV show called How I Met Your Mother. It's it's just a stupid comedy, and one of the guys takes this girl to this like seedy hotel because she doesn't want him to tear it down. And there's like a rusty bed and like stained wallpaper. And I'm looking at them going, I said to Jeff, I'm like, I've stayed in a hotel just like that. And again, I was thinking of the Canmore Hotel. That's so funny. And I think Scott Moffat that night got a ticket for uh, having a beer like on the, the sidewalk, like just outside the bar as they were like loading gear he just happened to have one and he like never drinks and he's the one who got a ticket that night that's amazing <laughs> you said you were public drinking the other day yeah okay. yesterday yesterday yeah i was um because in toronto at the time of this recording nothing is open um and so my friend asked me if I wanted to go meet in a park for a beverage. And I said, yes, please. I have Invisalign now. So that means that technically I'm only supposed to drink water with it in. If I drink anything else, I have to take it out. So I didn't want to take it out. So I got us white claws and we sat in the park and got like teenager drunk and just people watched. And it was awesome. Oh, I bet. It was awesome. It, like, I wish I had sort of thought of going and drinking at a park sooner during the pandemic. I mean, I, d- I definitely did it last summer, but this was my first time doing it this summer. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it did not disappoint. Lots of good fashion. Uh, 
you know, the same kind of thing you would do in a restaurant. Do you think that's a first date? Do you think that's an online date? What do you think they're talking about? How do you think those two know each other? What part of the city do you think they live in? <laughs> that's why I love you, because you are just as curious about complete strangers in ways that you are not at all curious about people you know. But strangers, my God. Oh, yeah. I want to make up a story for them. Forever, I could think about strangers. A little bit with neighbors, too. <laughs> yeah neighbors are very interesting i i agree with that yeah it's awkward because i i almost don't want to encourage a friendship because it would like break the creep wall like i couldn't well it's true like remember when i was so lucky last year and i was filming that raccoon on my neighbor's roof and then i caught her on film with the broom trying to (laughs) shoo it away i'm like i can't ever talk to this woman because i have no i can never we call her broomy i we can't i can't ever talk to her because she is like a celebrity on my instagram that's like my most liked most commented post of all i think um we should send that video as like a listener like a little extra like a spicy extra for our listeners oh yeah how do we do that i think we only have one listener we'll just like email it so listen oh yeah okay i'll i'll get i'll get it queued up and primed you just uh let send us a note when you want to see the video and we'll uh email that to you right away oh i get it it's like an easter egg he's got to ask us for the raccoon video (laughs) (laughs) it it doesn't disappoint no lives up to the hype it does (laughs) i was thinking about in montreal when we used to drink in a park you had to have a meal and sometimes like you'd get in a fight with the cops about like if you had enough food to constitute a meal and I remember this one time I was with my friend Will and Alma and my friend Tyler and Will's parents were both in the RCMP so he was like really like snarky and bad with the cops <laughs> he was being extremely rude he's like what we have a baguette like he was just being like really um <laughs> confrontational which I never would good lord I miss him do you remember so, when you first met when I first met Will mm-hmm. of course and your grandma is that what you're talking about yeah when she outed him to me that's right yeah Yes, Will and I had a very deep and fast connection um, that I haven't had with a lot of people so quickly and so deeply. Like our um, yes, mm-hmm. but I mean, I knew Will was gay. It was a it was a love connection, but not a romantic love connection. <laughs> anyway, well, I think my grandma just wanted to rain on your parade. Well, just so you know, did you know? He's gay. No, it was, he's gay, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I know Gabby. And she she hit me with a few doozies that weekend. The other one was, because I was only six weeks into my separation from my ex-husband. The other one was, um, you know, in my day, we, we just worked it out. <laughs> And then, and I was like, I let it roll because I was like, I knew this was going to be coming from old people. Like, of course, or anyone with like a, like a strong religious ties. Like, of course, there's people that, that believe that and view me as a failure or disappointment or whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> the real doozy was at the end of the weekend because at this point we are 30 yeah 30 and you said something about something something when Brittany and I have kids and in relation to how old we were she goes oh are you girls gonna adopt <laughs> And that was the one that kind of hurt me because I was like, oh man, like I am 30. Like, I guess I, if I'm going to start a family, like the clock's ticking. It, it, Do you remember what I said to my grandma? She had her first kid in her 30s in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I do. Yeah. Cause she forgot. was like a working woman. She worked until she was what? She got married later in life, was older than your grandpa 30. by eight years, I think. Oh, yeah that's right i do love like some of the harsh shit that old people say that they can just get away with because they're old and crusty like it's not fun to be in the line of fire <laughs> <laughs> to deliver the line of fire won't that be a gift it will be a gift and honestly some of it was funny the leggies gay you know that i love that i was yeah it's okay i i know <laughs> but don't you remember my auntie was like oh i i think there's a budding romance there and i was like oh do you <laughs> budding romance indeed <laughs> oh lord uh, yes i guess you could call it a romance i mean i don't know it was I definitely have- it was a love connection just ever had his cooking like it's a romantic uh, connection i have never had the pleasure every time i go to his house there's this market by his house that sells this fresh cheese and it's so delicious but he'll Mm. sit on a full block and i will take down at least three quarters just like (laughs) absolutely no like no shame and like i think they know i'm they get the big one because they know (laughs) i just take the whole thing down and it's so good (laughs) i haven't had one of those since march 2020 but i will again i will again one day oh my god that's so funny do you remember how we went swimming even though it was like yeah, it was like a polar the bear. Dead what do they call that thing? Like a polar dip or polar bear dip or something stupid. And I believe we were still drunk from the night before. Yeah, we were definitely drunk from the night before. And this is, uh, we were in New Brunswick, like just outside Fredericton. Um, do you know the name of that area now that you live there? Or you I don't know, but I think once I might have driven past and I was like, is that the place? Yeah. And it was on. I don't know if it's because it was on like a septic system or what, but the whole place smelled like sulfur. And Casey's parents showed up on the final day to cook us like Thanksgiving dinner. And her mom walks in and goes, have you guys been farting? Have you just been farting? She's shitting, shitting. That was it. Have you guys been shitting? Smells like shit. We're like, yeah, we know we've been smelling the shit all week. There was no water that we could drink. <laughs> the sulfur water. <laughs> or the first night when 
after we like partied at your parents house and then we took a cab a van cab back to this cabin and the next morning we woke up and not like there was no potable water and nary a morsel of food in this cabin we're all like dry mouth parched tired from all the snooping we've been doing at this airbnb and casey's brother had to walk to a gas station which i want to say was like four miles away and i think he bought like two bottles of powerade and a bag of doritos or something he got eggs too oh he did that's true that's true that was so funny oh my god did not think that one through no no it was half toxic oh god well i feel like that might be a good spot to uh and this walk down memory lane, this new uh, vantage point or whatever for Hannah's and Ruth's, where we really just talk, <laughs> just talk to each other and record it, which I think is kind of better. Yeah, I agree. I have an idea for next week. We can think about it or not, but maybe, maybe we can read some poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yeah. Stay yes. tuned for poetry next week. Cannot wait. That's how we're doing it from now on. Little texts. Little texts that bring us joy. That's exactly <laughs> it. All right, listeners. Until then. Bonsoir. Bye. Bye.